Well, hi, folks. Welcome to another week of Dan's Dabble and Babble. I am your host, the one who babbles. I am Dan. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of the babble, of the dabble, of my dabble and babble. Lots to talk about this week, and, you know, it's just going to be what it's going to be. We, of course, are in the midnight era. Midnight's Taylor Swift's most recent album has dropped. And my plan is to kind of go through some of my thoughts on that a little bit later in the show. But I'm a big, 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 big Swifty in terms of I love Taylor Swift music. I love Taylor Swift songs. I find Taylor Swift insufferable as a person. And I really try to understand. I really try to understand how people get so wrapped up in her drama and her playing the victim constantly. And I think she's a very gifted lyricist. I think she's an incredibly talented entertainer, incredibly talented performer. And I do think that, you know, there are a lot of things just from a cultural phenomenon that looking at her career are very interesting. I think she has certainly been the victim of some extreme scrutiny and, uh, you know, has has very much had to grow up um, under a microscope, came of age under a microscope. And you can't come through that and be a normal well-adjusted person. I just don't think you can. Um, but I also think that Taylor Swift has been a massively, uh, massively celebrated, massively successful pop star since the age of 17, I think is when her first album came out. So she's not necessarily relatable in terms of her personal day-to-day struggles, but it is her experience and she's just talking about her experience a lot of the time. But I think I've talked about this before, but talking about the whole Scooter Braun controversy and like who owns her masters and, you know, maybe there's a larger conversation to be had about who should own what. But again, I think this comes back to I don't give a crap about Taylor Swift's finances and um, who owns what and all of that. She promised us Taylor's version of all of her albums. So I want Taylor's version of all of her albums. Like I love listening to her music, but whether she was screwed over or not, I really don't care because she's doing just fine and her issues are not relatable to mine as a 29-year-old podcaster. Um, But anyway, obsessed with the new album, love it. And the way that people come both at Taylor and in Taylor's defense, the only way that I can possibly wrap my mind around it is the way that I uh, come in defense and not even in defense of, but in exaltation of Michelle Collins, because, you know, that that is, I talked about this last week, that is my only, like, celebrity that I really go like that for. And I had this big episode last week, Michelle Collins is Alive, and I feel like 
you know, the rollout has been a little bit clunky, but I'm actually really excited for the next phase of Michelle Collins' career. And maybe this podcast is becoming just a Michelle Collins fan fan podcast. I can't think of a more natural transition for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I'm 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 totally joking. I'm not only going to talk about Michelle Collins, but there's a lot of really interesting things going on with Michelle Collins and a lot of really interesting things in a way that I um, you know, aspire to. I would love to have a podcast one um, twentieth, one fiftieth as successful as her podcast and her career in in radio. Um, because you know, I some of you may know that I also host a podcast uh, professionally as part of my job, and with that, I do a lot more um, interviews than I do for this podcast. Of course, I, I do a lot of interviews for this podcast, or I've done a lot of interviews for this podcast. And it is, I think, a skill to to develop that. And I think, um, you know, it's 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 just it's been a really fun skill for me to develop. And so, you know, moving forward in my career, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to bake this hobby into a facet of what I do for a job. Um, and that's that's deeply gratifying. However, um, Michelle Collins, just for a brief recap, announced two Fridays ago that she was ending the Michelle Collins show on Sirius XM, and that brought a lot of anxiety for me for a couple of reasons. I talked about how I listened to her for 10 hours a day, or sorry, 10 hours a week, and you know they didn't say what was coming next. Well, Early last week, she started pivoting and saying, you know, the show is still going to exist. They're still going to exist, just not here. Here meaning Sirius XM Radio, which reminds me I have to cancel my Sirius subscription today. Um, but uh, I wish they would have given that information up front because, you know, Michelle Collins and her producer, Abby Holland, they just have great chemistry and so they have released uh, a Patreon, and there is uh, one tier where you get a bonus episode of her podcast, Midnight Snack, and then there is a middle tier where you get the new Michelle Collins show, um, which they're still going to put on a daily live show, um, and they are... Um, going to have the show available on demand. So that is what has me really, really excited because, you know, it was unclear. You know, I thought that Abby and Michelle might be doing a podcast or something um, where it would be some content, but not as much content, you know, so I'm really excited that they are, are doing that. And, and in a way I am, um, kind of going back to the Taylor thing, but adjacent, I am kind of like, so the only reason that I have Sirius XM radio is to listen to the Michelle Collins show full stop. I mean, I have Spotify premium, so like the music channels are nice sometimes, but I also can listen to whatever I want on Spotify. So there's not a lot that does it for me there. Um, every once in a while, I'll listen to like Andy Cohen's show. Um, and I've tried to find other shows on Sirius uh, that, um, you know, since I'm paying for it, that, that hook me. And there's just not anything that I've really gotten that I can't substitute. Like there's some good sports shows and stuff like that, but there's just so many good podcasts out there that I really don't need to pay for, for Sirius XM radio. So the fact that my money now is going directly to Michelle Collins via Patreon 
uh, I do find kind of excited. And, you know, she said on her show on Friday that it felt like she was in like Lord of the Rings and she blew her conch shell and the Mish army rose up and she's like, and we're going to win the battle. And I do feel that energy. I feel that energy around the Mish heads. I do feel like we're rising up and, and really supporting her, which is amazing. And we are going to win the battle. We are going to win the gosh dang battle. She's also announced that there will be merch coming. So my deepest, deepest hope is that there is some sort of Michelle Collins throw pillow. I want a Michelle Collins throw pillow in my living room. I just do. It's what I want. So that's really exciting. So, you know, you don't have to worry about me anymore. I'm still going to have my Michelle Collins show. And uh, the good news is Dan's Double and Babble is not going anywhere. We are still freely available to you. Uh, don't even have a Patreon. You couldn't give me money if you tried. Um, but anyway, we are in the Midnight's era. And even though we are freshly in the Midnight's era, we are already into some ridiculous controversy surrounding Taylor Swift because Taylor is problematic. And again, I want to preface this. I've said this. I don't really give a crap about what Taylor does beyond her music. Now, there was a documentary about a year ago or so, maybe longer, on Netflix. And in the documentary, it covered how she had um, not... Uh, really spoken out about politics for a very long time. And then uh, she spoke out against Marsha Blackburn and the Tennessee Senate race. And she had this big thing in that documentary where she was like, you know, I am going to start using my voice. I'm going to speak out. And so a lot of her fans are pissed that she hasn't spoken out against, um, you know, like Roe v. Wade being overturned or really spoken out about anything. Um, I don't believe she said anything about the January 6th riots. Like she just she just hasn't followed through on that. Um, and so people are, I think, rightly confused as to why did you go on the record of like saying you're going to start speaking out, you're going to use your platform if you weren't actually going to do so. So there's a lot of resentment from certain factions there, which I totally get that. Um, and, you know, you can look at this as like, you know, she's in a position of extreme privilege and she should, you know, take that responsibility seriously, but she doesn't and she hasn't and she's, she's not going to. So she just is a magnet for this type of discontent though. And there are just so many things surrounding this album, but um, there's a music video that Full disclosure, I have not watched yet, but uh, was released for the song Antihero, and apparently she stands on a scale, and the scale just reads fat. And all of these people on Twitter are like all up in arms because a skinny white woman is 
um, doing this to nominally talk about her eating disorder and her own struggles. Um, and it's like people who are coming out of the woodwork, like saying, I identify as fat. And there are a lot of, you know, really, um, wild takes from the fat community, which is a community that is apparently, um, a, a, a thing. And, uh, they are really outraged by this. And, you know, I I think it's a little bit tone deaf to be outraged by it because the reality of the situation is that this is someone who has been scrutinized heavily. And I guess the um, it's being interpreted as her greatest fear is being fat or being called fat. And it's like, yeah, come on, Taylor, like you have never been fat. Um, she has uh, talked about her eating disorder uh, and body dysmorphia, but I think that's very relatable content. We all have, uh, and maybe not we all, but you know, I can speak to the fact that I have certainly had lots of issues uh, with my own body image. Um, and now, what was I ever? Would I ever have considered myself fat? Not necessarily, um, but that's still a big thing that that you know uh, people focus on and hyperfixate on, and especially when you're in the public eye, there is definitely a lot of scrutiny around your image and even small fluctuations. And you know, I don't know what her upbringing was like, but there are a lot of very toxic messages that are sent to people of all sizes. It really does not matter if you're thin, if you're big, you know, thin people are told uh, that if they don't exercise extreme self-control, that they're going to let themselves go. And, you know, it's, it's, I think really tone deaf to, to gatekeep that feeling and that expression from Taylor just because she's a skinny woman. Now, I don't think Taylor is fat phobic. I think she's talking about her unique individual experience, and I don't know why that's sometimes okay to do and other times it's not. And yes, I totally understand that that can be a triggering word for people and triggering, uh, just triggering expression and especially talking about eating disorders. These are these are very real uh, plights that people struggle with all the time. I just don't think it's that big of a deal in this music video. Um, and I don't really, I, I, I don't think it was done in bad faith either. Um, but that is just one of the, one of the ways that I'm just kind of scratching my head at, at the way people are reacting to Taylor and holding her, I think, to unreasonable standards. And this is where I come back and say, stop paying attention to Taylor the person. Just appreciate Taylor the artist. I mean, good God. Like, what? She, Taylor Swift is deeply uninteresting. Like, she likes cats and she likes to sing and write songs. And she's very good at singing and writing songs. But I, that's really all I need. So now let's, let's go through... Let's go through the Midnight's era and what that means in terms of track listing and music. And I've only listened to the album. I listened to the album completely through once, and uh, that's it. So uh, I've listened to a couple of songs here and there. So there are 
um, some other songs that I will uh, dive more into. And first, let me say that my first listen to, I was kind of, or first listen through rather, I was kind of underwhelmed. But I feel that this is often my trajectory with Taylor Swift, where I kind of sleep on it a little bit, and then I come back to it, and um, kind of subsequent listens, I'm like, okay, this is great. And that's very much the trajectory that I'm having with this. I think that the sound I would describe as a blend of 1989 reputation and the lover albums which i totally jive with um so when folklore came out people just like freaked out and loved folklore i thought folklore was deeply boring when evermore came out it was very much the same vibe um and so because I loved Evermore so much, I was able to go back to folklore and appreciate it in a new light. But I'm glad that we're kind of back to um, back to Taylor with a little bit of edge, which I just think is really fun and makes for great music. But I do think there's a lot of depth. I think there's a lot of creativity. And I love the way that she plays with different storytelling elements throughout this album. And it's all just really exciting. So... Here we go. Here is our Midnight's Era. So the album opens up with the song Lavender Haze, which I'm going to be honest, um, a lot of people are losing their minds over. I like it now. The first time I listened to it, I was like uh, kind of bummed. I was like, oh, maybe this album isn't going to be that much of a, of a bop. Um, but the line in the chorus that I really like is, um, I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. And... It's just uh, really vibey and like there's um, kind of like a like an acid pop uh, synth pop uh, backing track to it um, that's fun and different. The next song is Maroon and um, Maroon was boring. Just it was. Maroon was very boring. Um, I think it's an okay song, but there is not really much to say about the song Maroon. Sorry, Maroon. So then we get to Anti-Hero, which like in comics and on this album, I love the concept of an anti-hero, you know, someone that ultimately may um, kind of uh, help the um, arc of history trend toward justice, but not always through the most ethical means. Um, And so the chorus here is, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me at tea time. Everybody agrees. And, uh, it's just, so the, the vibe of the song is very much 1989. Like, I think if you were to put this song on the album, 1989, it would absolutely belong. Um, and then the chorus ends with, it must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. Um, and it's just kind of like, you're trying your best. Um, but you just can't get it quite right and you recognize that you are maybe in some some ways you're your own problem um but that's 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 how it goes so anti-hero fantastic um one of my favorite songs on the album 
So the next song is Snow on the Beach featuring Lana Del Rey. And this is uh, the song that's responsible for some of the best Twitter chatter. Because a lot of people, when this album dropped, were like, oh my god, I love that Taylor says fuck now. Which to me is just so funny. um, Because it's like, when I listened, I didn't even notice it. Because it's just kind of, I mean, it's just just subtly there. Um, But she does she 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 says the f word now and uh but the the uh, i don't even really know what the premise of the song is but it's very pretty and very um like ethereal and uh surrealist and um like the kind of through line that i remember is like it's like snow at the beach weird but effing beautiful and uh it's a really interesting song to interpretively dance to not that i've done it i've totally done it um so definitely recommend snow on the beach you're on your own kid do not remember at all and that's where that is going to stay for now um watch next week i'm gonna come do an entire episode on uh on you're on your own kid uh but for now i don't have anything to say about it but now we're into midnight rain which is a polarizing track i think so there seems to be a lot of people tweeting that they're the only stan of midnight rain and i'm like how are you guys not finding each other um i really like this song midnight rain i think it's um it's 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 really uh deeply sad in a way but also very danceable and um basically it's taylor talking about uh her and this is another thing that people do with taylor swift songs is like they want to apply it directly to situations in her life instead of making it universal and i talked about this on the red dan's roughly 41 minute version episode um because or maybe i called it all too well um dan's roughly 41 minute version or something um because the song 22 from the album red i think is actually like deeply meaningful and wonderful and it's written off as something that is anyway if you want my thoughts on uh 22 you can totally go back to that episode and listen to it um but like it's about making the hard decisions i don't necessarily understand the metaphor of midnight rain maybe let me think about it but he wanted to it comfortable i wanted that pain he wanted a bride i was making my own um i was making my own name chasing that fame he stayed the same all of me changed like midnight he was the sun and i was midnight rain so i don't know midnight rain like you don't see it coming um it has a cooling effect what uh what uh i mean it's it's dark it's dreary it's eerie is what that evokes um but there's definitely a power it's not it's something that you're not going to notice so you notice the sun but if it's midnight and it's raining you're probably inside you're not necessarily aware but that doesn't mean that it can't have big impacts you know water levels of rivers and such um that's my analysis of Midnight Rain. I like it. I don't understand why people act like they are edgy for liking it. Um, next up, we have Question. 
And this is another song that I don't have a lot to say about. I like it. I think it's nice. Um, I think it's going to grow on me, but for now, it's um, it's not anything uh, too great. But uh, next up, we have we have um, Vigilante shit, which starts off with the iconic lyric of uh, "Draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man." And uh, this is probably my favorite song right now. It's got kind of a spooky vibe and kind of the through lyric here is, uh, I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men, but lately I've been dressing for revenge. Don't get sad, giddy, then. Um, and it's just, it's very danceable and it's very just like, you know, like where, like, you're not going to mess with me and I'm going to like, I'm going to do what needs done. Doing this get into who cares territory. So I'm going to um, self edit and, and run this back a bit. Uh, the song bejeweled I think is great. So let me just give you my top songs. My top songs are vigilante shit, bejeweled, uh, the great war and Paris and uh yeah that, those are definitely my top right now um the song karma i also really like and so there was an album that was allegedly scrapped taylor swift fans think that there was an album called karma that was ultimately scrapped and so now they feel very vindicated that there's a song called karma on this album um it is most certainly not the scrapped album and then, but then people were freaking out online um, because of the line, karma is a cat. And it's like, okay, it's called a metaphor because um, the song is karma is a cat that's purring in my lap because it loves me. So, you know, stay with it, Swifties. I know better than to pick a fight with the Swifties because they are much more aggressive than the Mish Army. Um but you know what? Follow me on Twitter at Babylon Dan. Follow me on Instagram at Daniel Burkett. Keep listening. Rate me five stars. Make this podcast become something, folks. I appreciate your listenership, and I will be back with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Dan's Dabble in Babble. Thank y'all.